Hello, my name is Leslie and I'm the host of the Why Not Today podcast. This is a podcast to celebrate people who have been courageous and said, why not today? I started this podcast in honor of my father, Patrick Kane, who often said, why not today? I am based in Reston, Virginia, a planned community right outside of Washington, D.C. And thanks for joining us today. I'm super excited to have Merritt Hale as my guest today. And um, but before we hear from Merritt, just I always like to talk about connections. And you never know where you're going to meet somebody that's going to lead you to the person to connect with you in your life. Um, I was just actually getting my nails done earlier and sat next to a lady and stuck up a conversation and we had all these things in common and you just never know. So it's just being friendly and talking to people and building those connections. So I'm really excited that we have Merritt Hale here today. And I know Merritt because of his mother. Um, his mother is actually a Mary Kay consultant um, on my team. And we were just trying to decide how long ago it was. It was a while ago. Uh, Merritt is only 28 years old and he's got some exciting things going on. I was talking to his mom the other day and she was telling me what was happening. I'm like, I would love to hear his story and what courage means to him and why he said, why not today? So before we start, why don't you introduce yourself, Merritt? Tell us a little about you and a fun fact that people might not ever know about you. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for having me, Leslie. Uh, my name's Merritt Hale. Um, the big thing I'm doing with my life right now is running uh, for Congress in Virginia's 6th Congressional District. Uh, I grew up in Virginia, born and raised my whole life. I went to the University of Virginia, uh, served as a naval officer for four years. I got out, worked as a systems engineer, supporting the intelligence community um, before running for Congress. And uh, let's see, one fun fact, I guess, would be that I was a, uh, a cheerleader in college. Really? Yes. Yeah. Interesting fact. And I, I don't think I knew you went to UVA. I actually went to Virginia Tech. So rivals there. Oh, and yeah. I rivalry. If, yes. And I don't know if I knew that you were in the Navy. So that's kind of cool too. Yeah. Um, you know, your mom and I have kind of, you known each other, but lost touch or not talk that often, kind of lose track. And as we were talking about when we started, like you were a little kid when your mom started Mary Kay. It's kind of fun to watch people grow up. Um, all of a sudden, it's like, we're not getting old, but you guys are. <laughs> so before right. we kind of hear your story and what um, what you're doing running for Congress, like that's super exciting. And I so admire you at 28 years old. Um, you are the second person we've had on a podcast running for an office, which I, as I said, really admire because that is definitely not me. So for you, what does courage mean to you? Um, being able to do the hard things in the face of adversity. Um, and I think a lot of that, um, comes from knowing what your core beliefs are and um, being able to stand by those beliefs when the uh, world challenges you um, with whatever inevitable life circumstances the world will throw at you. And you're fairly young and you've had some hard things happen with your dad. That's definitely yes. not an easy thing um, from things I've heard from your mom. So that was definitely a hard journey and having to be courageous and I'm sure being doing hard things and courageous things to help your mom and support her through what's, what's happened with your dad. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about what have you done in your life that took courage? So right now you're running for Congress. So talk about that. Tell us the story behind that and how yes, you got absolutely. there. 
Yes, absolutely. So, um, as I said, I got out of the Navy. I was working as a systems engineer, um, and I, I never pictured myself getting into politics. Um, what got me into it was my dad, which you alluded to. He was um, diagnosed with degenerative brain disease, Alzheimer's, and uh, he passed away on December 24th, which was Christmas Eve of this year. And that was, it was incredibly hard on uh, my mom and my myself, my family, my sister. Um, and obviously losing a loved one is never easy. And he was a massive impact on my life. You know, he was a great father, like the best you could hope for. Um, but what made the situation even worse for our family was having to deal with the VA and all the other um, government bureaucracies surrounding the healthcare system. And, um, and that's what inspired me to run for Congress was I didn't want any family to have to go through um, what my family went through. You know, when you're losing a loved one and going through those challenges in life, you don't want um, extra burdens from the government and um, systems that are supposed to be taking care of those loved ones. Um, uh, they shouldn't be a hindrance. They shouldn't be something additional on top of that stress. So that's what, um, what, what got me into it. But obviously running for Congress isn't a small commitment. You, uh, you know, it's, um, it, it can be very nasty and people take very personal attacks at you. Um, thankfully we haven't had much of that yet, but there's always the potential and you have to really choose if, um, what's, what's important to you and, and do that self-reflection. So tell me, so was it like, okay, one day you just woke up and thought, I'm going to run for Congress or what was the motivating factor? I love people's stories. Like what motivated you to say, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as I said, I've always followed politics, but, but being up close and personal and seeing the effect that it can have on personal, uh, on people's lives is what really, motivated me to do it. Um, so the idea was in my head. To me, my faith is very important to me. Um, and I felt that that tug, like this is kind of a calling, like I feel like this is where I'm being led to go to go serve. Um, and then you obviously you have to do your research, figure out if it's plausible, if you can have enough money and the resources and the time. And as I said, just having, you have to have the support of your family and your loved ones because um, no one can do it by themselves and it, it's going to take a toll on everyone around you that you're doing this and you have to make sure that, um, that they're up for it with you. And yeah. once, <laughs> once they, uh, they gave me my, uh, their blessing, I said, all right, that that's, that's all I need. I'm in it. Let's, let's go do this and, um, hopefully make an impact, um, for people. Um, so when did you make this decision? Um, right around after my father died, um, early January. So. Okay. And then what did that look like? How do you run for Congress? Like, what do you have to do? Yeah, there, there's no Google form that says this is how you <laughs> run for Congress. Um, they intentionally make it very hard. Um, you know, the good old boy system is not meant, um, Congress is supposed to be representative of the people. Um, anyone's supposed to be able to do it, but it's become such a system where you have to pay thousands of dollars just to just to set up a campaign much less to actually run it and do all the marketing and advertising you need to do for it um so you have to we had to get 1500 signatures um a thousand technically but they throw out some to get on the ballot so we did good old-fashioned door knocking get out in the community meet people um you have to set up 
all sorts of regulations with the FEC and the IRS and all the nice little government agencies to, to qualify and make sure you're following campaign finance. And uh, that's all the technical stuff, but the fun part's been just meeting people, getting out in the community and really seeing what affects everyday um, people, what, what's important to them and um, how, how much of an impact you can have uh, in your government. Right. And so where's the district that you're running? What? Yes. Yeah, so that was a big um, part of Virginia. Yes. It's a very long district, which is a lot of fun to drive with gas prices mm -hmm. the way they are. Yeah. But um, every 10 years they do a redistricting. So it's the new sixth district. So it's Clark and Frederick counties, which are the north, some of the northernmost counties in Virginia on the western side, all the way down to Roanoke. So the 81 corridor, basically. Okay. So. And how many people is, are in that district? Um, it's almost 800,000, I believe. Um, about 540,000 of those are registered voters. Um, yeah, so, so it's quite a good number of people. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize, especially in off-year primaries, it's only a few thousand people who come out and vote and out of those hundreds of thousand who actually get to choose who represents them. So it, it's crucial that people get involved because obviously you're not gonna agree with everything any politician says, but you need to get involved and, and hold our elected officials accountable. And you know, that's how our system's supposed to work. That's right. um, so involved. what does that look like to get on the ballot? So what have you done so far and what do you need to do? Or? Yeah, so getting on the ballot, as I said, the biggest hurdle is getting those signatures. So okay. you have you to go that. out. We, we did get that. Um, that. That took a lot of time. It sounds simple to get 15,000 signatures, but you have to make sure they're all registered. Um, you have to make sure. Yes, 15, sorry, okay. 1,500. <laughs> like, um, thousands a lot. Yeah, yes, it is. Um, but you have to make sure they're registered voters and you have to compare and contrast it to the uh, registered voter list. Um, and you have to make sure that they're um, legible, which is another fun thing. So there's a lot of- So do of, you travel up and down all the way and hit all different areas on 81? Because that's a lot of area or just concentrate yes. on your area. Yeah, so for door knocking, we focused a lot on the Northern part just because um, you know it's, it's easier as far as driving, but I've done a ton of campaigning throughout the entire district. I've been down in Roanoke and Badata and the central part of the district, Harrisonburg, Rockingham. Um, you, you learn all the places and all the, all the <laughs> faces yeah. very well. Um, but I mean, I, I, as I said, I've lived in the area my entire life. I know the area, but it, it's it's a lot of travel. Yeah. So now that you're on the you're on the ballot now, is that correct? Yes. yes you have to be voted in with primaries. Yes. Um, running, so running against you. What does that look like? Yes, so I'm facing um, an incumbent congressman. He was the um, representative of the old sixth district, which is now the new sixth district. Okay. Um, he's been in there since 2018. He's uh, been in politics for about 20 years, uh, career politician, um, nice guy, but it's uh, me and him um, in the primary. And then the winner of that will move on to face um, the Democrat Jennifer Lewis in the general election in November. Okay, and so when's the primary? June 21st. Okay, so you're coming up soon. Yes, but so early voting. Hopefully we can and Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, early voting has already started. So um, they changed up the rules a little bit with the, all the COVID regulations. So people can already go out and cast their ballots. So it's a 
uh, sprint to the finish here. Right. Oh, that's exciting. So is so in my eyes, you're super young to be running for Congress, but is that a true fact? Do people run that young or are you below yeah. the, in, the average age or above or? Yeah, so obviously most people in Congress are um, a lot more old than I am, we'll put it that way. Um, but there are younger people than me who are in Congress. Um, wow. Madison Cawthorn, yeah, uh, Madison Cawthorn, who he just actually lost his second election, but he was um, younger than me, 25. Um, Bo Hines, I believe, he was just elected at 26. Um, AOC was elected, I believe, when she was 26 or 27. Um, so yeah, there, there are definitely people younger than me. Um, they call them the baby of the house. Yeah. Um, well, but I've actually, it's, it's rare. Yeah. Um, so I've actually had the privilege with being with Mary Kay um, mm -hmm. to lobby on Capitol Hill on behalf of Mary Kay, which has been really cool yeah. to have that opportunity. And we've met with congressional mm -hmm. offices and senators' office. And honestly, who you meet with, I always say they're 12 year olds, but they're 20 somethings right yeah. out of college is who you really talk yep. to. So um, I'm sure it's a breath of fresh air to have somebody young in there. Um, so I interviewed somebody, and I don't know if you listened to this episode, but you'll have to check it out. Maybe I'll connect you guys. Um, Sarah White, who is running for representative in Falls Church. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's somebody else I know that might be a good connection of just grassroots. It's mm -hmm. another Mary Kay consultant. Her husband ran the treasurer or something in their county. Uh, I'm not mm -hmm. sure the exact title, what is, but it was, they live in Grundy, Virginia. Do you know where that is? You discovered that part of Virginia? I'm not familiar off the top of my head with that. So it's still in Virginia, but it takes you all day to get there. So it's past Blacksburg all the way down. I think you actually, I went through Tennessee, back through West Virginia or Tennessee to get there. It's okay. way down in. And it's okay. a very, very rural area. They've got hollers and um, it was like one gas station and one hotel in the town. But he ran against an incumbent that had been in office forever and it was knocking on doors and they had all the money, the incumbent had all the money and they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and he won, but it was knocking on doors and nobody thought he'd win. And they basically told him, don't even bother making like a banner for election day because nobody's gonna pay attention kind of thing, but he won the election. Right. So no, it might awesome. be a good, good resource to talk to about Absolutely. somebody that's gone through and just knocked on doors. and. You know, one person can make a difference and they tell one person and they tell one person and it's just in, you know, growing it that way. You just one, never know. 100%. Um, and that's one of the benefits of the modern age is we have social media and technology and the incumbencies aren't as entrenched. It's not so much the good old boy networks and the smoke filled rooms anymore. It's, uh, right. you can, it's a lot easier to get your message out there. And people can easily compare and contrast uh, your different ideas. And I, I think that's a really good thing for our country. Yeah, absolutely. So when you made the decision, like, have you been all in or have you thought, what the heck am I doing? Or <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I, I've been all in. Um, I mean, I, once you commit to something of that level, you, you can't, you can't go in halfway. Um, you've got to be all in. It's not fair to the people who you're going through this with and your supporters if you're not going all the way in. So that's not to say there aren't days that are very hard or disappointing. And there obviously are days that you're riding high and feeling good. Um, but you got to get through the lows and not get too high with the highs and just stay level headed and keep going on forward with it. Yeah. So is there anything 
that you've regretted not doing in your life that you're like, I wish I would have done that or why didn't I do that or? Um, not on a massive scale. I mean, there there's always like relationships with people that you wish you could have said something different or, um, you know, isolated events. But for the most part, um, as I said, I was very blessed to be raised with a, a very good family and parents who gave me the support structure I need. And to me, my, um, I said this in the military too, to my people, um, you, you can kind of start backwards with um, how you define the outlook of your life. And to your point, what courage is, um, I look at it as what happens when you die. And if you have that a faith figure, God, whatever you want to call it, religion. Um, if that's what's important to you, like follow that code and you, you can't really go wrong. I mean, life's going to be scary and there's going to be bad things, but um, if it, if it's in a, for a greater purpose, then that's kind of self-reassuring and that kind of gives you a clarity to go do what you need to do. Yeah. Leave that legacy, make a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause we only, you know, n- none of us know if we're going to be gifted tomorrow, so you might as well make a difference today. No, we're not going to really talk about what happened yesterday because that's too depressing and sad, but yeah, yeah you just never know, and uh, yeah, life is short. And, I mean, how old was your father when he passed away? Uh, he was 77. He was born okay. in 1944. He's a lot older than you. Yeah. You were, yeah, so my dad passed away, gosh, nine years ago? And he was probably about the same age, yeah. Um, but I'm a lot older than you. Um, but yeah, it's never easy losing a parent. I don't care how old no. you are. And no. you know, one of the things talking about regrets is, and I tell people often, like, do the thing, make the connection, spend the time that people you care about, because just like mm-hmm. you know, you never know when they're not going to be around. And your dad with his brain disease yeah. was like was there physically, but not always mentally. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think anyone you ask will say um, with someone they lost, they they regret not doing more with them. Um, yeah. I-, I was fortunate that my dad and I had a close relationship, but obviously like hindsight being 2020, there's always the, I wish I'd done, you know, something else more, yeah. but that, that'll always be there. And um, you just got to live true to yourself. Exactly. So what um, encouragement encouragement would you give to somebody else to do something courageous or be brave or say why not today um i would say know what you want and go get it know know um know what's important to you if you want to be the best painter and that's what defines who you are go do it don't let anyone tell you not to if you want to go be a preacher astronaut it doesn't matter um it's what's important it's what's in your heart um you set your own course in life. Um, circumstances matter, but the person you are uh, um, is irrelevant to those circumstances. You can always overcome what's around you. And uh, the most important thing is a person's character. So that's, so true. that's how we should judge each other. Yep. yep, absolutely. I'm actually reading a book and I wish I knew the author had it in front of me, but basically talking about your calling, what your calling is. So um, whether it's, as you said, a painter or a politician or... Mm-hmm. Um, a preacher you know whatever your calling is that God has that calling for you and yet this book Mm -hmm. has a really good analogy like there's a whole puzzle put together and God has all our pieces out there and we don't we aren't true to our calling then that piece kind Mm -hmm. of falls apart in the whole scheme of things and so you know when you're called and it's you know it's that nudge that God wink it's the Mm -hmm. do the thing that's scary and we rarely regret do the thing that's scary 
And I say this often in podcasts, it's always tell people like, think about the outcome. Like, yeah, it's hard and it can be scary, but think about the day that you win the election and how exciting that's exactly. going to be. And exactly. I might be there cheering uh, you off, <laughs> celebrating yeah. with you. Absolutely. I, I think you're right. Um, it, it's usually the things we don't do that we, we regret more than the things we do end up doing. Because um, yep. even, yeah, if, even if you fail on what you're doing, yeah, exactly. It, even if you fail on what you're doing, you're going to get something out of that experience and the journey there. Um, yep. it, but you don't gain a lot from sitting on the sidelines. Absolutely not. Yeah. So I've referenced many times a book that I read right before I started doing the podcast. And it's called mm -hmm. from Daniel Pink called Regrets. Mm -hmm. And just talking about we rarely regret the things that we do. It's more the things that we don't do. Absolutely. Yeah. So I did this in honor of my father, who, as I said, passed mm -hmm. away nine years ago. And I started this podcast in his honor. And he always said, why not today? And he was a problem solver. And so I always try to connect back. And I interviewed somebody, they're like, I never met your dad. I'm like, a lot of people haven't. But when I do the interview, I try to kind of connect back to what I've heard your story. And yeah. I think one connection is the dad thing, that we both have that connection with our dads. But also, my dad didn't run for a big office, but helped in the local community. And he was always a problem solver. And he saw problems he's like, okay, there's a way to solve this. And I can definitely see that in you. And yeah. um a very positive, faith-filled young man that's just ready to tackle the world. And I think that's who my dad was. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to watch and I'm excited to cheer you on and watch. So tell us, how can people find you? How can we support you? Um, people, I have people all over that listen to this yeah. podcast. And I'm actually, because my business is now virtual, I'm mm -hmm. not home in North, at my house very often. I'm actually down near Roanoke right now, Smith Mountain Lake, which I know is not your district. I looked it up. It's right, but it's close. <laughs> yeah, like less than an hour from Roanoke. Yeah. Um, so tell us how people can find you and connect with yeah. you and support you. Absolutely. So um, if you go to MeritHaleForCongress.com, um, I have a unique name, M-E-R-R-I-T-T-H-A-L-E. So um, not many other things will pop up, but uh, Merit Hale for Congress. Um, you can check out my website. Um, I try and lay out my values and my beliefs there. Um, if anyone has any questions, they can feel free to reach out to me on my website. I, I also have a Facebook and a Twitter at Merritt Hale. Um, and I would appreciate any, any of your listeners if they want to go check it out, follow along, maybe send a small donation if they um, um, believe in my message. Um, I'd be incredibly humbled by that. Okay. So, and I will share um, how to contact you with show notes and stuff. Um, with the information. So um, yeah, as far as finding this podcast, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes. I am working on a website. We're not quite there yet. Um, we're going to have some fun merchandise. I just met with somebody today. We're going to have some cups and some t-shirts on why not today. And I really want to start a movement encouraging people just to say why not today. So thank you, Merritt, for joining me. It's been fun to kind of hear your story and we can't wait to cheer you on and hear the results. Um, and this podcast will air on Saturday, which is the 28th of May. So a good time to um, have this as it is Memorial Day weekend and you were in the military. So appropriate that it's uh, at that time of the year. So thank you again. And uh, I'm excited to uh, have people hear your story. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Leslie. You are welcome.